0: for joining us on this podcast. I'm Kerry Garcia and I head up the employment and immigration team at Stevenson and Bolton and I'm joined by my colleague, Jackie Penlington, who's a managing associate in the immigration team. And today we're just going to be looking at a new immigration route um, called the high potential individual route, which is aimed at at recent graduates, and it recently opened on the 30th of May 2022, so it's pretty new, um, and we are going to have a look at how people can qualify for this category, what it enables them to do, and practical aspects such as the cost and any other key issues to be aware of. So hopefully this will be useful if you're thinking of using this route. So thank you, Jackie, um, for joining me. So just to start off, why do you think the government introduced this new category?
1: Well, Carrie, this is really part of the government's ongoing initiative to attract what they call the best and brightest to the UK. It's a route that they brought in, which is designed to bring top global graduates to work here in the UK and to enable UK employers to access that talent pool. Um, and it could be particularly useful now for employers suffering from skill shortages.
0: Yeah, that's true, particularly, I suppose, post Brexit, now that they haven't got access to the wider European labour market. So in terms of this route, what does it actually allow people to do in the UK? Um, Are there restrictions as to the work that they can do or no restrictions?
1: Well, the good news with this route is it is really quite flexible for individuals who obtain a visa under the category so they can take any employment. So that's any skill level. It could be part time, full time, or they could even be self-employed in the UK if they wish. The only restriction on employment is that they can't work as a doctor or dentist in training or as a professional sports person or coach, which is common to other visa categories in the UK. There's other usual restrictions and conditions of the visa. So they can't claim public funds whilst in the UK on that visa. And there's some restrictions on study, what types of study they can undertake. Depending on nationality, they may also need to register with the police on arrival as well.
0: Oh, thank you. So, yeah, that sounds really promising if you're looking to come to the UK to work. And if you do qualify under this visa, how, how long can people stay here?
1: So those who submit a successful application should be granted two years leave in the UK. If they qualify on the basis of a PhD qualification, however, they'll get three years leave and and we'll look at that later in the podcast.
0: So if we get into the detail, um, how does this high potential individual work? So do you need a sponsor, which is something that we often see with many of the, the categories where you work in the UK?
1: So the flexibility here is it's an unsponsored route the individual doesn't need a job offer in the UK to be able to apply um, and that benefits both the individual but also the employer so individuals can apply on their own merit they don't need sponsorship from a UK employer and also UK employers don't need to go down that sponsorship route which can be very costly and a lengthy process as well the individual essentially just needs to show that they tick off all the eligibility criteria for the high potential individual route.
0: So I guess that's that's really now getting to the key points. So who would be eligible to apply for this visa?
1: So to qualify, the individual must have graduated from a, what is seen as a top overseas university in the five years before the application for the high potential individual um, application is submitted that university must be listed on the global universities list and must be on that list for the year they graduated. So at the moment, there's a current list on the gov.uk website, which you can have a look at, and it has 37 institutions on the list. It's very US skewed, so there's quite a few universities from the US, but there are others um, in Japan, China, Australia and Switzerland, for example. It's important to note, however, that this category will not assist anyone who has graduated from a top UK university and the qualification the individual obtains must also be equivalent to what they call a UK bachelor's, a master's or a PhD qualification and as part of the process they will need to get a certificate from an overarching body called ECTIS to confirm that. Uh,
0: Thank you for explaining that and then if you So if you have graduated from one of the top universities in the last five years and you've got the, the relevant qualification, is there anything else that you need to think about in terms of other criteria that you'd need to meet?
1: Yes, there are other criteria to meet, Kerry. So they will also need to show that they meet the English language requirements. So for some nationalities, that's pretty straightforward. They will meet it automatically because they are say an Australian national, a US national and just need to show their passport. For others they will either need to show that they have a degree that was taught in English or they may need to take and pass an approved English language test to show that they satisfy that requirement. There's also the financial requirements. So for those individuals who haven't already been living in the UK for the last year with a valid visa, they have to show a minimum of £1,270 or equivalent uh, in overseas currency in a personal bank account for a consecutive 28-day period. Now, there are really specific requirements about the financial evidence here. So we would recommend either reading the guidance really carefully before submitting an application or making sure you take advice before submission.
0: Yeah, thanks. No, that's a good point, because otherwise an application can unfortunately be rejected just because you haven't provided the bank statements in exactly the way that the Home Office wants them. Um, So that aside, is there anything else... um, that should be aware of if you're applying under this category. So in line with other visa categories, you also need to meet what's
1: called the suitability criteria. So here, any prior convictions or charges, bankruptcy or even adverse immigration history could jeopardise your application. So definitely take advice if you have any concerns over that.
0: And when it comes to submitting the actual application, do you need to provide a lot of documents? Could you just take us through what the main things are that you would have to submit?
1: So the main documents that an individual will need to submit are um, clearly the passport, um, but also the supporting documents to show that they meet each of the eligibility criteria. So firstly, you've got evidence that the qualification itself is eligible, so the degree certificate and also the certificate from the ECTIS body, which we just discussed previously, that that ECTIS certificate will confirm that the qualification is equivalent to a UK Bachelor's, Masters or PhD degree. The individual may also need another certificate from ECTIS to show that they they meet the English language requirements, if they have a degree that was taught in English um, or otherwise they will need to take an approved English language test. And where individuals do need to satisfy the financial requirement, which will be the majority, they'll need to provide specified bank statements or a letter from the bank in a very specific format showing the level of funds in the account for the required time. And also, depending on nationality or country of residence, rather, they may need to submit a clear TB test as part of
0: the application process as well. Thanks, Jackie. And a question that people often ask um, if they want to apply under the high potential individual route is whether their family can join them as well.
1: Yeah, so it is quite flexible here in terms of, so you can have spouses. In some cases, you can have your partner come with you to the UK, unmarried partner, and also children under the age of 18.
0: And in terms of costs, um, if you want to apply into this route, how, how expensive is it? What are the costs? So
1: at the moment, in terms of the visa application fee, at the time of this podcast, we're we're recording in July 2022, it's £715 for that visa application fee. But individuals also have to pay what's called the immigration health surcharge. So this is a charge which allows individuals access to the NHS during their time in the UK. And that is currently £624 per year of the visa, though most people will obtain two years leave. So that's a total of £1,248 for the immigration health surcharge. And then there will be additional costs, such as obtaining those ECTIS certificates um, and potentially the TB test. So there'll be some other miscellaneous costs on top of that and you also need to be aware that if you do have dependents applying with you they also need to pay the same visa application fee 715 pounds but also the immigration health surcharge so the costs can quickly mount up with a family
0: yeah and that's unfortunately that's often the way with um with the immigration applications but if you do decide to go ahead and you qualify um how long are we finding it's taking to get your decision at the moment So for the majority of those individuals applying from overseas, there
1: are real issues at the moment because of the ongoing war in Ukraine and UK visas are diverting resources to processing those Ukrainian visas. In many cases, the priority services have been suspended overseas. So that's where people can pay a fee to get their application processed more quickly. In the most cases now, you're looking at probably six to eight weeks for a decision from attending the visa application centre as part of the application process. It does look like the priority services are starting to resume slowly, so it will be a case of sort of checking each visa application centre before you apply. Um, If you're submitting from the UK, for those who can submit from the UK, at the moment it is likely to take around eight weeks to receive a decision from the date of your visa appointments. But be cautious before you submit from the UK to make sure you can actually do that. So, for example, if you're here as a visitor, you can't submit uh, an application for a high potential individual visa from here. You would need to return to your country of residence and apply from there instead.
0: And and hopefully things will start to improve. As you say, we have started to see applications being processed a little bit more quickly, which is positive. So you mentioned earlier on in the podcast that if you are successful um, and you're granted leave as a high potential individual, you'll be granted two or three years leave. But what about those people who might want to stay in the UK beyond that? What would the main options be for them?
1: So, unfortunately, Kerry, the government, when they introduced this route in May, have made it a temporary visa category, which means that any time that individuals spend in the UK under the high potential individual route won't count towards settlement or indefinitely to remain, i.e. permanent residency rights. So, where someone wants to stay longer, they're going to need to find another immigration category to qualify into. So, if... For example, they use the high potential individual route to build up their career in the UK, they may then be able to find sponsorship from a UK employer here and be able to switch into the skilled worker category instead. The skilled worker category, the sponsorship route, is a category of immigration leave that does lead to permanent residency rights, so when you've switched into skilled worker it's generally possible to apply for what's known as indefinite leave to remain after five years in the UK under that skilled worker visa. There might be other options though for people who are in a relationship with someone who is either settled in the UK or holds a UK visa and they may be able to apply to remain in the UK based on that relationship. And again, most relationship-based visas do lead to indefinitely remain after they've spent five years in a row in the UK under those types of visa as well. Where individuals come to the end of their two or three year visa and they can't switch um, into a different category, they would need to either leave the UK um, altogether or or find another route if they can. But it's also important to flag that you don't need to wait for the two, three year period of your high potential individual visa to expire before switching into a new visa. So you could switch into, say, a skilled worker category visa um, after a year under the high potential individual route. And the benefit to that is clearly that you're clocking up the time towards indefinitely to remain sooner.
0: Thanks, Jackie, and thanks very much for taking us through um, what the new high potential individual route is and how it works. So I think overall, it's very much it's a welcome addition. It will hopefully benefit employers um, and also individuals who are looking to come to the UK. One of our few options in the UK without sponsorship Um, But it is a little bit disappointing that it's not going to lead to settlement or permanent residency. Um, And of course, it's limited to those who've graduated recently from top overseas universities. So I suspect, you know, from what you said, Jackie, it's going to attract mainly younger applicants. But that said, it's helpful. It looks like it's going to be a really good way for people to um, make a start on their career within the UK to get some work experience without needing to be sponsored. And above all, hopefully, it will give UK employers the opportunity to take on global graduates um, without, in those early years, the burden that Jackie, you and I are familiar with in relation to sponsorship. So I think overall, it's a really welcome addition. And thanks again, Jackie, for explaining it to us. So thank you for joining us.